and welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, and I am still all by my lonesome. Travis is still busy with work stuff. He's out of town still. And uh, I'm just going to dive right back into some more uh, garage rock origins, I guess. Um, first off, I want to apologize to those of you who thought that I was about to do a sidetrack on the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> the uh, intro song was a much used sample um, that was, I guess, popularized by the Black Eyed Peas. And I even hate that I've already said that band name twice now already. Apologies. Uh, but that was a song called Miser Lou by Dick Dale. So last week I talked about Psychedelia um, and I covered a band called the Soft Boys who kind of fit into this post-punk neo-psychedelia category, something I've never really heard of. But um, yeah, it was really surf rock and psychedelia both of which emerged in the 60s that kind of paved the way for quote garage rock so real quick here um another thing that that people think may have kind of started this whole thing was the british invasion so think about all these bands that that came about in the 60s of course the beatles the rolling stones the who the Kinks, uh, the Zombies, all these bands just kind of blew up in the 60s. Uh, not only that, but a lot of these bands were, you know, really young at the time. And they didn't even all have that much, you know, classical training as far as, you know, musicianship or anything, you know, with the instruments that they played. And so they had a huge influence on young people in the 60s. So a lot of kids would get together with their friends, you know, scrounge up some change or whatever, get some instruments, secondhand instruments and whatnot. And they would start practicing, you know, have uh, band practice in their parents' garage. You think about garage rock and kind of what I talked about last week, you know, it's all about basic chord structure, distorted electric guitar. And it was always pretty, you know, unsophisticated song structure and lyrics. There's the idea that, you know, hey, I like music. I can be in a band. I can do this. You know, and that's what paves the way for punk rock and you know all that good stuff that comes that comes uh, that comes out of the 60s. So, I'm going to focus on surf rock today, but I'm not going to play any Beach Boys. Uh, it's going to be instrumental surf today. Uh so again, the first song that I played us in with was a song called Miserlou uh by a guy named Dick Dale. It was Dick Dale and the Deltones. And they burst onto the scene in the late 50s. And he is known as kind of one of the founding fathers or like the pioneer of surf music. And what he did was, you know, he kind of drew inspiration from Middle Eastern music scales. Uh, and he also did a lot of experimenting with reverb. So reverb is something that's going to pop up a lot in this episode. Um, if you don't know what reverb is with guitars, you know, and, and, uh, effect pedals. Reverb is kind of like the echo, you know, that it kind of creates this space. Think of like a concert hall and the way that the sound in the hall just kind of reverberates and echoes throughout throughout the space. 
that's what reverb is. And Dick Dale was really great at kind of manipulating his guitar with, you know, he had custom made amps and all this stuff. And he kind of developed this signature sound, which really, to me, that is what surf rock is. You know, when I think of surf rock, I think of that style of guitar. Um, but I'm not going to focus too much on Dick Dale. I just figured I needed to give him a shout out. Um, but I'm going to focus on two guitar players today, both of who found popularity at around the same time in the late 50s through the 60s. We're talking Link Ray and Dwayne Eddy. Uh, so Link Ray also had kind of a group, kind of like Dick Dale did. It was Dick Dale and the Deltones, Link Ray and his Raymond. He kind of had his origins in country music, but over time it kind of evolved into more rockabilly, instrumental surf kind of stuff. Um, Link Ray is also credited as being like the first mainstream uh, rock and roll musician to use power chords. Uh, and they all point to this one song from him and his Raymond, uh, a song called Rumble, which was recorded in 1958. So it's a single. I know this is no filler. We usually don't play singles here, but really for this sidetrack, I just wanted to kind of give you a good taste of, of the sound of surf rock and try my best to avoid, you know, the generic like Beach Boys kind of crap that honestly, between the two of us, Travis and I have listened to enough Beach Boys for all of us. All I remember listening to uh, growing up, my dad was, was and is a huge Beach Boys fan. So I've had enough of that. And I think you all have too. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of Link Ray and the Raymond's 1958 instrumental track, Rumble. You get the idea. So, listening to that song now, it doesn't sound that like... I, I don't want to say it doesn't sound impressive, but... I mean, I just did. But, you know, that is that is rock and roll to us now, listening to it now. But when this came out in 1958, it, you know, it was it was aired on the radio. But uh, just looking at some, just some cliff notes here on Wikipedia, apparently this is the only instrumental song ever banned from the radio, uh, which is crazy to me. And uh, this is, I'm quoting from a book called The 1950s Most Wanted, uh, Top 10 Book of Rock and Roll Rebels. So it says here that Rumble was, quote, a song with such a provocative name and such menace to its power chords that it could only spell trouble for impressionable listeners. So it was that 
crazy distortion and feedback um, that kind of led to this decision to uh, to take this song off the radio. That's crazy to me. But Link Ray was one of the first guitar players to utilize these techniques and and to make it to to mainstream radio. Crazy. So uh, I don't want to make this entire episode nothing but surf rock because honestly, you hear a dozen surf rock songs, you've heard them all. So I'm going to play another Link Ray song that that I really love from a uh, self-titled album. It's called Link Ray. came out in 1971. So this is with another band that he had formed in the 70s. Uh, and the sound is, is a lot different. It's not, it's not surf at all. Um, it's just more like... Not not country, but I don't know. Americana. I don't know how to describe it. It's really good stuff, though. Uh, this is one of my favorites on the album. I believe it was a single. Uh, this one is called Jukebox Mama. stuff it's just got those bluesy gospel vibes you know so that yeah so again that album is totally different from you know what he was doing with the raymond in the 60s um that was him singing and uh yeah that whole album is, is kind of like that it just kind of falls into that vein so moving right along let's talk about Dwayne eddie so Dwayne eddie's contribution i guess was his twangy guitar so that has to do with reverb again. So his first official album came out in 1958. Uh, it's called Have Twangy Guitar Will Travel. He has a song on here called Movin' and Groovin', uh, which was like his first, you know, big hit. And actually, you know what? I'll just play a little bit of it. Wasn't planning on it, but yeah, you are going to definitely recognize this guitar riff. Yeah, so the Beach Boys uh, borrowed that riff for their song uh, "Surfing USA," but so did Dwayne Eddy. That was that's not his riff. Uh, he took that from Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry has a song called "Brown Eyed Handsome Man," uh, so that's a Chuck Berry riff. But Dwayne Eddy had this signature reverb sound on his guitar. And one thing I thought was really fucking cool. Really, the only thing I'm going to talk about with this guy 
before we play some more tunes. So uh, that album was recorded in Phoenix, and his uh, producer, his sound engineer, was named Lee Hazelwood. The studio didn't have like a proper, quote, echo chamber. So what they did was they went out and purchased a 2,000-gallon water storage tank, hauled it over to the studio, and Dwayne Eddy actually climbed into this tank, and they placed a microphone on one end and a speaker on the other end, and he played his guitar in this storage tank to make this, you know, twangy, super reverbed guitar sound. I thought that was really cool. I'm going to play another track for you. Uh, give you another little taste of this surf rock sound and what Dwayne Eddy brought to the table. So this is another song from Have Twangy Guitar Will Travel. It is called The Walker. So what I love about this album is uh, that bitch and saxophone. You know, so Dick Dale had his Deltones, Link Ray had his Raymond, and uh, for this album by Dwayne Eddy, uh, he had his Rebels. So his uh, his band was called the Rebels, and Steve Douglas is uh, on sax in a lot of these songs. Another thing that's cool: a lot of the songs on this album have uh, non-lyrical vocals, whoops and hollers. Uh, that's by a band called The Sharps. So, so I thought that was kind of funny. They they pop up in a lot of songs on this album. Um, and th- you know what? I think I'm going to wrap it up. You know, I just wanted to uh, to play some surf music for you all today. Um, again, I'm kind of focusing on the eras and genres that led up to garage rock. Because next week, Travis will be back in town. And we are going to finally cover The Strokes and their album, Is This It? They're one of our favorite bands, and they were part of this garage rock revival that happened in the early 2000s. So let's wrap it up. I'm, I'm tired of talking. Uh, so thanks again for listening, as always. Uh, hop onto our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you'll find show notes and a lot of other goodies. I'm going to fade us out with my favorite Dwayne Eddy song. It is definitely not in the surf rock vein. It is just this super like i mean i say it all the time i'm all about the nitty-gritty blues you know and uh this song is whoo man it just gives you chills uh this is another song off of the album have twangy guitar will travel this one's a doozy man and just picturing Dwayne posted up in a 2000 gallon storage tank with his guitar you know belting out these riffs fucking awesome all right so this is a song called Stalkin, and we will both be shouting at you again next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 